I'm Kareen, and you're listening to Eat Like an Artist, the podcast that celebrates creatives, mindful entrepreneurship, and mental wellness. Each week, we dive into practical business advice and deep conversations among creative friends and role models, speaking openly and inclusively about life as an artist. We don't believe in gatekeeping because everyone's welcome. This is your community too. Let's find the balance within creative entrepreneurship with all the love for the art and none of the burnout and self-doubt. Hello and welcome to whatever number episode this is because I do not have my notes in front of me, but it's still going to be a great episode regardless. So today we're going to be talking about the expectation that overnight success exists and that we are so impatient about getting that overnight success, but we want everybody to kind of hold their horses on that for a little bit just because that can lead to a lot of, I don't know, how would you explain it? I think it builds like internal frustration and then moves you further away from your goal. Yes, yes, exactly. And also because y'all, I just realized I just cued in my guests without introducing them. <laughs> Let's have our guest today who is going to be speaking on the way that we can stop expecting that overnight success. Um, go ahead and take it away because I think you as yourself can probably introduce yourself the best. Awesome. Hi, I'm Sheikha Patel and I'm a licensed clinical social worker and I'm the founder of Collaborative Insights Therapy and Consultation and we are based out of Charlotte, North Carolina and we are a holistic mental health practice. We offer clinical mental health services but we also offer other services like Reiki, yoga, ecotherapy and mindfulness-based sessions. So yeah. Yeah, and Chica's voice might actually sound a little familiar if you've listened to past episodes. So we actually met at the Homegrown live recording, and you were one of the people that we just plucked out of the audience. Well, you you volunteered grac- graciously, so yes. we were like, yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think after connecting and like, you know, getting basically like your Instagram from that just really quickly, I think we like met each other like right after, just like super quick conversation. Um, I was legitimately like stalking your page and page and stuff. And I thought, Ooh, like we should have her on the podcast <laughs> because, you know, especially because you, you mentioned like you guys do ecotherapy and you're the one that specifically specializes in ecotherapy. Could mm-hmm. you talk about that a little bit? Sure. So ecotherapy is the practice of combining, uh, a relationship with nature with, uh, mental health work. And so, Many people actually practice ecotherapy as it is without knowing it. You know, you you may have a connection to nature and, and feel supported by it, but we go a little bit deeper in the therapy part of it and we create these parallel parts between what's happening in nature and then what's happening in your own growth and recovery and create that process to um, deepen that connection. And many people feel supported by nature and their relationship with it. So it's just an additional tool in the therapy toolbox. Um, sometimes people do walk and talk sessions with me. So that's going out in nature. My favorite trail is actually the McAlpine Creek um, trail out here in Charlotte. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Uh, so we, uh, it's a, a common one that I'm on with clients. Um, and then sometimes we do a little bit more horticulture work. So as you can see, I have some plants in here. Um, I wish I could have more of them. But um, we 
uh, we'll work on, you know, creating a relationship with that plant, growing it. And, and a lot of times I work with people virtually too, not in person who want to have prompts to, you know, work through, um, you know, things that are going on in their life. We find connections to things that are happening in nature around them, whether it's through pets or animal, you know, animal life, plant life, um, seasons, it can be anything that's kind of going on with them. So we, we like to process those things alongside what a person's going through. And then another big part of ecotherapy is the reciprocal reciprocal relationship we have with nature. So, you know, uh, my favorite book, I tell people this all the time, is The Giving Tree. I don't know if you read it That's when you were- That's mine too. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yes, yes. Um, you know, we, we take so much from nature and we constantly use and use and use. And, and do we really look at how we are giving back and what we're doing to sustain, you know, the climate and everything that's going on. So, you know, building that reciprocal relationship also helps a, a person to feel like they have a life worth living. And so it's living in relationship with land and nature. So that's, that's a little bit, a little bit about it. I, and I, I can talk a lot more about it. Oh yes, absolutely. And that's why we have you on this <laughs> episode. And especially with this topic in particular about just the eagerness to have, you know, success like immediately and just um, how much we are just in a rush for good things to come our way. And it's gonna be very interesting whenever we get to connect that with ecotherapy as well. But before we do that, I do want to make sure that the listeners know who you are outside of the therapist's office, outside of you basically pubbing, you know, your <laughs> your business and your therapy services. So really easy questions. Actually, wait, <laughs> let me take that back. Because every time I say easy questions, <laughs> people are like, why did you ask me that? Okay. So I'm ready for let it. Let me be real. They're, these are just questions. They may or may not be easy. But first is, what is your favorite hobby to do? Read. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, it, and it's been one that I've always enjoyed doing it. And I found that in the last couple of years, I had a tough time getting back into it with just how much I was focusing on success and business. Um, and in the last few months, I've... I've redeveloped my relationship with books and reading mm -hmm. and I noticed that I love it and I love getting lost in a story that has nothing to do with work or nothing to do with the world you know and and you know as much as as a social worker I feel like I'm connected into people's lives I like kind of disconnecting and getting into like a fantasy world or you know a historical world that has nothing to do with what's going on um it's it's a lot of self-care for me so I like that yeah and I feel like when you actually sit down and read a physical book, it forces you to slow down, mm -hmm. which I feel like a lot of us don't do that anymore. But that's also, I guess, a side effect of being in the late stage capitalism. Mm -hmm. So I like that. I, I've actually been wanting to get back into reading, too. So you actually saying that's your favorite hobby. I'm like, well, maybe I should take that back up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's it's nice because it's um it's a nice way to disconnect from everything that's so instant mm -hmm. you know it's like again uh completing a book takes time it takes patience it takes mindfulness it takes awareness and so you know having that dedication to knowing like okay this is going to take me a little bit of time versus that instant gratification of just completing it so I kind of like that it's a challenge for myself and it helps me to be so present so that's I do like that and in the topic of stopping like expecting overnight success. I actually want to know what's something about you that people don't expect whenever they like meet you for the first time or just like get to know you a little bit more. Oh, my debilitating anxiety probably. Oh, really? <laughs> 
it's not it's not that it's not debilitating um but i i think that you know a lot of times people will meet me and be like wow like you know you're successful you're a business owner you, you know you you do all these things and um that's like great and and i am really proud of those things but growing up i had a lot of anxiety and you know I, I didn't really show it so in my adult years I've been a little bit more vocal about it and talking about it with my friends family and people that I meet um, but it's generally not what people expect because they think oh well you're successful but yeah I yeah. definitely struggle with anxiety my own you know internal battle of thoughts and stuff so that's that's present for sure yeah and I think too because of your job as a therapist I think people automatically think oh okay like she doesn't need mm-hmm. therapy. Yeah. Like she doesn't have anxiety. Yeah. Why would she be in the chair like helping somebody else? I'm like, I think if anything, like it's actually good that you have that experience because you can better serve the people that you're mm-hmm. helping as well. Yeah, there is this quote that I read a long time ago. It was like, uh, you can only go uh, as deep with a client or someone else that, uh, as deep as you've gone yourself. And I always find that to be... Um, so true because I, I do feel like I can, I can empathize with a lot of people. Sometimes in sessions I'll be like, you know, and we as people who struggle with anxiety go through something. <laughs> and I, I find that clients, you know, appreciate that too because um, I, I do go through some of the things that people do and, and I'm not here to give advice, but I can empathize and understand. Um, and so coming from like a different uh, playing field. And so that's, that's definitely something that I don't share too often, but getting better at you know, putting it out there. Oh yeah. And it's okay that you're taking mm-hmm. time to, I think again, the big message of this episode is to just slow the fuck down. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Oh, before two, we continue, I need to slow the fuck down. And I was supposed to tell you all this claimer, <laughs> we're going to have our more official one towards the end of the episode, but please do know that everything in this episode is for entertainment and educational purposes only. Nothing in this episode can replace individual mental health services um, please do not take that as, you know, your personalized thing. Please go to therapy for your personalized thing. This is, again, Seek educational, yeah. entertainment purposes, all that kind of stuff in the disclaimer. There's other things in other texts, but yeah, I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. Before we keep going, because okay. I'll just shoot through right. topics and stuff. This yeah. is not therapy. This is not therapy. We're going to make this, like, mm-hmm. incredibly clear. First things first, um, when we actually go through... Um, selecting like podcast guests and things like that. We send people like a list of different episode topics, um, particularly ones with that are within maybe their business niche or just like general interest. And you immediately pick this one as the topic that you wanted to cover. And it was actually something I did not expect because there were other like, I guess, very obvious, like a therapist would go over this sort of topic. But then you picked one where I was like, ooh, there's a lot of openness to this too. So was there anything in particular that drew you to wanting to talk about this today? I think it's been, a, you know, it's been a challenge of mine. And I, I've, I think I've been in spaces previously where I've talked a lot more about therapy or trauma um, and ecotherapy. And those are all like kind of what I do versus like how I function, kind of, you know? And so this was like more of a... a um, a topic where I could relate to it as a mindset and in, in my own um, more of a personal journey and connecting also with the, the work that I do. So I feel like it's it's been something that's been pointed out in the universe to me a lot in the last couple of years, like stop expecting this overnight success. And, you know, I've, I, looking back at the last year or two, I feel like it's been so important that I've been keeping up with that and like 
you know, listening to that internal message. So when I saw that, I was like, I think I think I want to talk a little bit about this because I can really relate to it. Yeah, and I think too we should note that you are not just like a therapist. You are also the founder and the person. What would you say, like a CEO? Would that be the term? Ooh, that's a heavy term. I know it's a heavy term. <laughs> that's why I was like, mm, let me ask first. The doer of many things. The doer of many things within like your own business yeah. too. And although like you know this podcast is towards people that are creative entrepreneurs within like creative arts that doesn't mean that we can't learn from other business owners and what they go through especially because you have not only just the viewpoint of a business owner going through all the ups and downs of trying to figure out what the heck you're doing every single day and also basically being a therapist and being that support system for people providing them tools and resources so yeah i think now you've given me the explanation it makes total sense why you wanted to talk about that today (laughs) yeah did you have any personal examples or experiences that you were kind of in this i guess we could just say like the more negative space of just expecting that overnight success well it's funny because my uh my maiden name is shah and in our you know both my parents are from indian uh ancestry and so in our language, the last name literally means business owner. So uh, it's in my namesake. <laughs> and my, my father's a business owner. My brother's, my older brother is a business owner. And they, like, kill it. They're, like, you know, doing amazing things and doing awesome things. And coming into being a social worker, I actually never thought that I'd be a business owner. Um, pre, you know, pre-pandemic, I was working in a hospital. And um, I was kind of doing, I was teaching at a university. And then I had, like, my toes in the private practice. I, and then people needed help. You know, I was at home, I was working from home and I sort of just started doing this thing. And then more and more, I was like, what? I actually kind of like this. And the first year in business, I had no idea what I was doing. Like I did not go to school to be a business owner. I mean, I did not take one business class. I didn't know how to, you know, read a profit and loss statement. I was like, what is all of this? And I started having a lot of like negative feelings about myself about it. I was like, I should be able to do this. Like, you know, I'd talk to my dad about it or talk to my brother and they'd give me advice and I'd be like, what? Like, I don't even understand that. And then there was a change that happened about a year, a year and a half, almost two years ago where I decided I want to learn and I want to learn like compassionately and honestly, instead of judging myself for where I think I should be, just meeting myself where I'm at and starting to take in information and asking people questions and truly just learning because that is what helped me grow. But I feel like there's also so much more for me to continue learning. So I see myself on this like spectrum of uh, learning versus I've learned it all or I've learned nothing. So I feel like once I accepted that I don't have to know everything and this is going to be a journey is when change really started happening for me. So that's kind of what the the personal side of this has been. I want to point out too how interesting that your last name, you said it means business owner? Yeah, like, like a, a legit. person, yeah. The trade, <laughs> the trade is of someone who, who, you know, does business work, yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting because we're already thinking about, you know, I feel like that overnight success and that pressure of it comes a lot from the people that we're around, like, especially for, especially with our hyper-connected world, and it's so easy to see everybody's highlight reel. Like, we could think that everybody just, like, had it figured out overnight, but for you, I feel like there's an added pressure. It's like even before you were born, <laughs> you were already like 
you are set. <laughs> like yeah. you got to be this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how did how did you navigate that? It's funny because you know I I don't know if you know I don't want to assume, but I you know I come from a very Asian upbringing, and you know sometimes people assume that means like my parents expected me to be something, but they just really wanted me to be happy. And you know for a while they tried to be like, do you want to do this or do you want to do that? And I I was you know. Um, I'm very creative brained. And mm-hmm. so like math and science were really tough for me. And, uh, I think they just let me capitalize on what I was good at and they supported me completely. They supported my brother. And so I actually didn't really feel a lot of pressure to be something, um, specific, but what, when I started to notice a little bit of my own inter- internal pressure was like, when I would look at other people's success who are around me and I'd be like, I should be able to do that. But like, I didn't have a conversation with myself and be like, I didn't learn how to do that. And so that's sort of, I don't think I ever really felt like anyone expected me to be successful. They just like really wanted me to be happy. I think I like put it on myself that I was like, I have to be this like successful person. I have to prove it to myself. And I I still struggle with that. So it's not like I've overcome it completely, but I think it was more so me witnessing everything around me and how it should be versus like, hmm. Let me take it like one step at a time. And I think we also forget that environment has like a huge influence on us because with that question, sometimes people be like, they can exactly pinpoint who exactly placed pressure on them. And then you were saying like, I think I put the pressure on myself Mm -hmm. and I'm like, now I'm thinking like, but who, who told you (laughs) that you have to put the pressure on yourself? And I think it's like the environment and just the culture that we live in. I mean, there are, you know, I'll still find myself looking at like, 30 under 30 articles or 20 under 20 like doing these things and I'm like oh my god I have like this many more years until I turn 30 like how could I be on like a list like that and you know it's really great honestly to for all of us to celebrate other people's achievements but I also think there's a weird emphasis of being successful at a very young age and like if you don't get it done now it's like you're never gonna get it done and I think Mm -hmm. that also feeds into us wanting to just get that success or that like yes or that big check in tomorrow because we're there's just this weird thing of we need to do it while we're young but we also are just constantly running out of time even though there's nothing for sure Mm -hmm. about that so have you had other people not just yourself but like maybe people around you who had that kind of like feeling too of not being satisfied of where they are and always wanting to just get to the next big thing. Yeah, it's, I think most people around me, and including myself, can be in that place. There is this, um, you know, idea of like, are we really working to enjoy the present moment or are we working to like enjoy this thing later in life? You know, oftentimes like people talk about like saving for retirement or doing these things. I'm like, great, that's awesome. I love that what about like now, what are you doing in the moment right now that makes you happy or feel fulfilled or feel successful or feel like you're improving and changing and meeting your goals? I feel like we're always working towards something, which is not a bad thing, but if we never like pause and think about like what we have right now or how great we're doing or how proud we are of ourselves right now, are we really filling our cup and and, um, our engine to, to keep moving forward? I often tell, I give clients this example of like, you want to get from point A to B, you know, you, you have a car and let's say you don't have gas in the car. You could probably fill it with diesel. I don't know enough about cars, but I'm going to say this. If you're just going to keep nodding my head. (laughs) So if you fill it with diesel, you'll probably get from A to B like fine. 
but you're going to wreck your car. Like you'll, you'll probably do damage on the internal parts of your car. So if you, you know, are getting from A to B with your goals, but you're being critical of yourself, you're being hard on yourself and you're, you know, being very negative, you're going to get to your goal, but you've probably like done a little internal damage on your way there versus like, you know, filling your, your tank with premium gasoline, you know, you're going to get from A to B, but with a lot more compassion for yourself and a lot more, um, strength in yourself. So I I try to think of it that way. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's, yeah. I mean, I think it does. Also don't say sorry about not knowing much about cars. Cause I was just like, <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah, I'm waiting. Yeah. I'm waiting for a client who loves cars to be like, that's not how this works. But you know, I'm like, just go with me. Just go. With well, me. I know that there's a couple, there's cars that are not meant to have diesel yes. too. So <laughs> another thing is too, it's just like, you don't want to fuel yourself the wrong way. Like essentially yeah, what exactly. you're saying. Yeah. And that's, it's incredibly important because you know, with a car, you can buy another car. Mm-hmm. You can't, buy another body mind and soul nope. like this is all that we have right now we mm-hmm. can replace so many things in our life but like this right now is what's needed and i think with overnight success that really dives into just the self-gratification that mm-hmm. has gotten i mean in, in myself as well and like as the world has like it's just gotten a lot worse mm-hmm. And I think sometimes what we want now is not necessarily what is good for our past present future yeah. because i think we as humans, the brain is just so funny and it doesn't really look out for ourselves. Nope. If it's just like, cause right now, like I might be like, I want to have like an entire cake, but that's probably not going to be good mm-hmm. for my health in the mm-hmm. long run. That might be the same thing with like someone who is doing like some sort of creative business. And they're like, I want to make money. Like right now, there is probably an ability for you to make money right now, but is that going to be work that's one fulfilling mm-hmm. and two going to contribute to the longevity sure. and the enjoyment that you have in it too. Yeah. Sure. And looking at feelings of like self-respect and like values and, and not self-respect in a negative way, but when you do something, do you want to look at it and be like, you know, I feel really proud of myself or I feel like it aligns with my values and my beliefs and, and the goals that I've set out for myself. Um, I think maybe we've all been in that place where like, I'm in a pinch, I need to do this. Um, but then we don't always feel good about doing it or we're like, why did I do that? That took up a lot of my time or it took up a lot of my energy. And I'm like, "Mm." so that's like also something I think of is like, yes, it'll get you towards the path of quote success, but how are we also measuring success? You know, are you happy with yourself? Are you proud of yourself? Like when your head hits the pillow at night, are you like, yes, I am happy that I did that. Sometimes you're not, but like, is that the general idea or goal that you're kind of reaching? It's like that whole thing of, like, you can't force something. So, you know when you're, like, a kid and you have those, like, little blocks? Oh, my God. I used to, I say this one all the time. I, I think I know what you're going to say. Wait, really? Think, like, you can't, like, force it in different shapes? Yes. I, like you, yeah. I mean, you can, but, like, you might oh. break the fucking toy. Oh, my God. Wait, is that really an example? I use, I say that to people all the time. Wait, I'm like, you, you might have to repeat it because you'll probably <laughs> no, communicate no, no, no. it better. You go, you go, you go for it. No, but I it's, like, the so whole excited. concept of, like, Nothing that is like, if you have to force something, like don't do it. Mm-hmm. And I think I say that to myself all the time. Same thing when I'm like a kid, you know, with those little toys, like I would get so frustrated because I'm just trying to force this heart shape into the star shape. <laughs> there is no way that's going to happen. Yeah. But for some reason, I'm so freaking stubborn and I just keep trying to do it. I mean, eventually I could, but I'll probably destroy the star shape if mm-hmm. I do that. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing with anything in life. I think there are so many times that we can probably think in a part of our lives that we have tried to force something that hasn't isn't really meant to be or doesn't feel good within or you know it's not the time for it as well and i think that acceptance that it's not the time or it's like it's not the right time for it is probably the hardest 
because it's a little bit easier when, for example, somebody goes to college and they didn't go for what they actually want, the career. You know, that's already a hard pill to swallow because they were like, okay, realizing like this is not the right thing for me. Mm -hmm. But I think with like trying to accept like this is not the right time, it might be where I hear this all the time from people who want to go into creative entrepreneurship and they're so eager to go into full time. And I would tell them to like, I still remember very vividly how much I was so like, oh God, I just want to do full time right now. Mm But I think because I was trying to force that idea, I was putting my focus on something else that wouldn't actually build me towards having that like great full-time life that I was like having. Um, so long story short, really, when I first started becoming full-time, I wasn't really ready for it in a sense of not necessarily the business stuff, but the lifestyle. I definitely added parts of work environments that I've learned from, that I've been in, into my day-to-day life as like a freelancer and despite being a freelancer I didn't really feel free a lot of the times Mm -hmm. because I was just putting so much pressure on myself that I'm like all right well I need to do this by tomorrow as if I was gonna perish the day after Mm -hmm. (laughs) or like if I didn't do it tomorrow then I'm just like immediate failure like it was just absolute like my brain was into like catastrophizing Mm -hmm. mode or like you know it's just black and white like nothing matters until this happens and I think when I was still in that headspace the growth that I had as a professional and an individual was stunted because I was putting so much energy on the progress rather than actually doing things that would actually help me progress Mm -hmm. like focusing on high level and high impact tasks focusing on making sure that I'm sleeping enough at night so that tomorrow I am 100% listening and able to understand the person that I am trying to help because if I'm half asleep like mm-hmm. I would probably only hear half the things that they're saying yeah and you know it gets into a cycle when I'm not really trying to make sure that I'm in this mind space of allowing myself to be patient that things will come at the right time and again I think it's just because we live in a world where you can just order something on Amazon and it's there like overnight or even mm-hmm. like in two hours yeah. there's a lot of things in our modern society that can be sped up with technology you know amazon so easy to order or actually do anything on the internet like if you're looking for entertainment oh my god it's at like the you could it's on your phones our phones used to just literally be for just communications but now it's like your entertainment hub but i think we also need to remember that there's a lot of things in our own lives that can't be sped up with the technological advances as in you know like the human body like we're not built like machines i think we try to convince ourselves that we are Mm -hmm. because we live in a world that prioritizes and glamorizes speed and hustle and all of that but we have to remember that our bodies are quite similar to our ancestors and quite similar to nature itself like they are organic beings Mm -hmm. that need time and a lot of time at that yep they absolutely do i mean that's i think that's like a huge part of um, I think it was about like six, six or seven months ago. I was in a, um, I was in a training and the, per- the person who was lecturing was maybe like in their late, I don't know, late 60s, I want to say, I, I don't know. But um, I looked at this person, I was watching on the screen and I was like, oh my God, this person has had a whole career and they are still doing this work. They are so passionate about it. 
they are teaching with enthusiasm, they're excited, they're engaging. And I was like, I want that to be me one day. And then I thought about it and I was like, I have the rest of my life to figure this out. Like, I, I think that's like that, you know, that pressure that I'm like, all right, I gotta have, I gotta get, I gotta reach this goal before this age or before this happens. And I'm like looking at this person and I'm like, I don't know, maybe they had the same experience, but I don't want it to stop. I don't, I know everyone talks about like reaching something and being done, but I'm like, I have the rest of my life to kind of figure this thing out. You know, if, if I, I my own sort of thing is like, Hey, can I like put food on the table? Can I pay my bills? Can I, you know, enjoy, you know, moments and enjoy these experiences? Like those are some of my measures of like, I'm making it and I'm doing it and the rest, like I'm going to play around with it. I'm going to have fun. And so when I kind of came to that idea, it's been like a daily practice of mine to start thinking about, like, I just want to have fun doing this. I mean, work isn't always going to be fun and, you know, business is not always fun. And, uh, you know, being a creative entrepreneur, it takes a lot of grit and work and effort, but am I having fun? Am I enjoying this work? And if like the answer is yes, then I'm going to try to spend the rest of my life figuring out how to continue doing it. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a process and, um, I'm trying to repeat that to myself over and over again. Yeah. And I also want to go back to how you were talking about your hobby of reading and how you mentioned that it is it is a type of hobby that requires so much time and not necessarily not a lot of effort but it's not like you're pushing to get something done it's like it's really forcing you to kind of sit down and like dive into a world um especially if you're watch like if you're reading like a fiction book too mm-hmm. um i remember i was talking to my therapist at one point and she asked me if i had any hobbies <laughs> girl <laughs> i was trying to say things and she was like that's not a hobby Karine." and i was like you said cleaning's not a hobby <laughs> i would say like cleaning like cooking, cooking. <laughs> but like not cooking in like a oh i want to like no. make something new it's like i just like to cook I'm things hungry. to eat yeah i'm like hungry. I'm hungry and then she's like you're literally just trying to satiate like your basic <laughs> needs so she's like what are your hobbies um she's really very really funny but i was literally like there, like dumbfounded my like mouth was like open like that like pikachu meme and i was like oh my god do i not have any hobbies <laughs> Because even when I even told her, I was like, oh, my God, I started reading again. She asked me what kind of books I was reading. (laughs) (laughs) And then I got into another cycle of I was reading books that were like business related Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. self-help related improvement. She's just like, have you like, you know, maybe read something like a Percy Jackson book or like, you know, something like fantastical, like Lord of the Rings. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I was like, I don't know if I have time. And she's just like, but your brain is literally craving that. Yeah. Because right before that topic came up, I was telling her about how creatively drained I was. I was so focused on work. And I think when you get into, and this is why I also tell people who are so eager to go into the full-time space, I feel like they think that once they get over that fence to that side where it's greener, like everything's happy, Mm -hmm. beautiful unicorns, and like everything's just great, and you're you're living the life that you want. But it's just a whole other set of challenges. I mean, albeit they're great and good problems, and that's something I like to have in life is to have good problems. Mm But there's still problems. There's still things that need to be solved. And the biggest one that I'm trying to solve is to just reconnect to myself as a creative soul. And that's why, like, just being able to slow down, because especially with the business world, it's all about speed. It's all about, like, what's convenient. It's all about, you know, giving high-quality stuff at a very high speed, which is very difficult for a human being to Mm -hmm. do, especially when the creative process itself, I don't think 
there has been any point in time that it has been, in a sense, shortened. Really, it's it's one of those things that it's like watching a plant grow. <laughs> like, it's it's gonna take time. I, I look away. I can't. I, I I just let them grow, and I'm like, I'm not gonna watch you because I can't. It's gonna. <laughs> I want you to, to stress grow so me fast. Out. It's stressing me out. <laughs> yeah, there's like something about just us being like the modern humans that we are. Like, I'll even like look at my own plants at home, and that was one of the hobbies I, I ended up getting. Um, thankfully, as her suggestion, <laughs> um, I have like house plants nice. that help me kind of like, you know, sit down and, you know, take care of something while also taking care of myself. Like while I'm checking in with them, I'm checking in with myself as well. Um, but yeah, I've, I've still found myself being like, grow faster, <laughs> get bigger, <laughs> which is weird. Cause you can't, you can't rush a plant. You can't. Yeah. yeah. And if you try to rush them, they communicate very clearly that they're not ready. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it's kind of like you probably, if you're a fellow plant lover, you know, there's so many ads out there for like, for these fertilizers and these nutrients and these vitamins. And it's like, if you over pump your plant with that stuff, it's literally going to turn yellow and be like too many vitamins. I can't handle it. Right. Like we need to nurture them as they need it and as they like ask for it. And so like, I, I imagine like, you know, some of the conversations I'll even have is like, checking in with your plants like you ever see them like wilted a little bit you're like oh it's time to water you versus like I gotta water this thing every day like who is it about is it about you or is it about the plant or is it about the relationship is it about both of you so that's kind of what comes to my mind when I hear that yeah also try not to water your plants every day no please don't (laughs) they don't there is um like the whole thing with like overnight success I think everybody wants all all the things all at once Mm -hmm. but I mean I think us as people are much more and still very deeply connected to nature than we think we are. I mean, we have cars and we have like cities and massive buildings and things. And, you know, unfortunately there are spaces where nature is far and few in between, but really like I have yet to hear somebody have a bad time when they're out on a walk, like a nature walk or just like bird watching. Um, And there's just ability to slow down along with like nature as well. I honestly forgot what point I was going into because I think I just mentally put myself on a nature walk and I just, you know those like meditative states yes. where the thought comes and like a leaf and then it just flows and that's exactly what just happened. See, this is the power of plants, guys. That, that is, you're, you're in the zone. You're connecting with nature, even the thought of nature. Yeah, and I guess now that we've been talking about plants, I, I would actually really love to hear more about your specialty in ecotherapy and just how that could really teach somebody to slow down and especially to, you know, while we're wanting the next big thing, while we're wanting like overnight success, we just want boom, bang, bow, like all at once that there's still small things to celebrate. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, one of the things that I ended up working a little bit more deeply with in, in ecotherapy, especially in the last year is connecting to the ancestry of it and our relationship with nature. Um, I think that Right. The reason why I got into ecotherapy is I was incredibly inspired by my ancestry and by, you know, the Indian culture and my parents and their connection to nature. And I'm not just talking about plants and, um, you know, the nature that we can see, but the nature that, of who we are, as well as everything that we interact with. And when I started to be more inquisitive about that, I was like, well, I'm fascinated by how all cultures and people of different walks of life connect with again, like how have we, how have we as people been in a relationship with nature for years? Um, and how has that helped us to get to where we are right now? 
And so that is a practice that's been slow and growing for years and years and years. And so I, and, and everyone knows this, we just talked about house plants, like they don't grow as fast as we want them to because their speed at which they grow is based on their own needs and their own, um, their time, their own timeline that they've already set up in their own way. And so I kind of feel like as humans, we have our own timelines, individual of every other person, you know, like I can be a snake plant. And if you know snake plants, they grow mad slow. Yeah. Um, and someone <laughs> else might be like, you know, a pothos, they grow wild, you know, they like grow at their own speed and at their own, at their own rate. Um, but knowing that, okay, if, if this is who I am and this is where I'm at in my life, I just have to honor that. And, and I'm going to honor that other people are going to do it their way. And, you know, that's great for them. And that's great for me too. And so I sort of see that, like, as we're talking, I'm, you know, creating that parallel in my mind and, and then how to treat myself like a snake plant versus a pothos. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that comes to mind for me. And I think too, there's, there's a beauty in the uniqueness of each of those plants. Like I love a snake plant. <laughs> I don't have one in my house cause I'm pretty sure my dog would eat it. Cause you know, usually they're, they're like a lot cuter when they're on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. I can't have that. I can't either. Cats. Man. I'd love to, um, see the no. pets. Pets are a different story. I love you, but you <laughs> you don't live in harmony with our plants. I know. They just want to bite on them. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Like, even though it's, like, something that's slow, like, I still know so many people that even though it's, like, a slow-moving plant, like, they freaking love it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, pothos, too. Like, it's a fast-moving plant, but I don't know anyone that's just, like, mad that it's growing fast or, like, mad at, like, the speed that it's growing. And I think that's also something that we need to kind of put onto ourselves And that's the same with, like, other humans and other beings. I don't think there's anyone that we see that we're, like, you should have a viral video now and, like, have all these followers now and all these accolades now. I think the only people that really kind of keep that cycle within our heads are ourselves. Affected by, of course, the environments and, like, maybe the influences that we've had in life. But truly, like, if we were talking to ourselves like a friend would... They would probably tell you, like, no, just take your time. Like, you are doing a lot of amazing things, whether they are big or small. Mm -hmm. And just having that sort of way of speaking to ourselves is just so much more important. And actually will help a lot with kind of reducing that expectation that you need to be 30 under 30, basically. Of course. And knowing, like, that, you know, growth is inevitable. Like, you're any person is going to grow. It's it's like um, another plant thing that's coming to mind is um I've you know brought this up with people before is like you ever uh, ever have a plant that is clearly needing to get into another pot like it's like showing you like all right you know the roots are coming out of the bottom um you know the pl- the leaves are starting to yellow a little bit now I have a choice I can stay in that environment and I could just leave it there and say like deal with it um you might lose a few leaves and you probably won't grow too much and it can stay in that pot. I have another choice is to change and get it, put it into a bigger pot with new soil and put it into like a, a better environment. It's going to change and it's going to flourish. So yes, like change is always going to happen, whether we call it negative or positive change. It's always going to be growing. It's always going to be happening. It's just, hey, if you move yourself into an environment or you change your setting or you change your outlook, you get the right support, then change is going to happen more faster or, you know, in a better way and a healthier way. So, you know, I I think of that too, is like, people are always like, I'm not changing. I'm like, literally science is like, your cells are changing in this moment. Everything is changing all the time. It's just, if you want to change more, then maybe you got to look at your environment. Yeah. And also too, not all like exponential growth is good. Mm -hmm. 
there are so many examples and if we want to touch back onto some business stuff there's so many examples of companies that grew way too fast like just over hiring yep. people that they you know probably didn't have the foundation to be able to su sustain mm -hmm. they were you know trying to keep up with modern technology but not in a way that was calculated and like prepared and steady so there's actually a really really good book called um company of one by paul harvis or jarvis i don't know if i'm just saying the j as a h because i like low, no spanish anyway um but it's a really great book and has those examples too about how you know i think especially as small business owners which a lot of creative entrepreneurs are we forget that there is actually a beauty in being small and it's could be also and as the book says, that's the next big thing is to keep small mm -hmm. and grow steady. Maybe something like a snake plant. Because um, another plant example, and this is just for me to... <laughs> have you seen a video of how fast basil grows? Yes. Oh, my God. It's like every... every yeah, I mean... It will, like, rapid. take over your house. Yes. And so think about that. Like, you know, if you're growing as a business, like, it's great to have growth. But if you have uncontrollable growth, you might end up like this guy that I saw on... Um, tiktok and instagram where he was like i got a basil plant because people told me it's a great idea and then <laughs> next picture it's literally like everywhere it's a lot of pesto yeah it's a lot of, <laughs> i mean it probably smells really good but he like he, he looked upset because he was like this is not what i expected but that could also happen in things where yeah. if we're just having uncontrolled exponential growth mm -hmm. like it can become some sort of other overwhelming thing and yes. we hear this too from people who become like viral stars and i think a lot of us can sometimes experience that jealousy that they're like crap they just they got that success like so instantaneously but you hear so many times that they're like i was just so overwhelmed with how my life changed and a lot of them kind of end up just going back and like mm -hmm. not wanting to be in the limelight because it was just like extreme and just there was no preparation for it so yeah if you're growing slow it's, it could be a really good thing I can relate to that so much, not be, not being like, you know, super viral, but I sometimes get feedback. You know, we are a small company. Um, we are growing, but we are small. And, you know, oftentimes people be like, why don't you hire more people? Or, you know, I, I'll look at other therapy practices and be like, damn, they got like 15 employees. Like they're probably making a killing. And, and I have no, you know, I'm proud of them and really happy for them. And then I'll sort of like think back to like, what are our values here at Collaborative Insights? And the reason why I, you know, really started this practice and, you know, bringing on the right people was so important to me. And I have found a really great, um, you know, colleague to work with and bring on board and, you know, we're bringing on additional people in, in the coming months. And I'm excited because these are all folks who align with the values and also want uh, honor that we're going to grow slow and that's okay. Um, you know, I think that that's, that's the part that's really important to me. So sometimes I get that feedback. that's like hire more people, you know, make more money. And I'm like, that sounds great. Make but more money. I'm like, the advice. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wait, <laughs> it is, you know, honestly, it, it sometimes is because I think it's, it's a model of, right. Like the more you do, the more you make. And mm. I don't think that that's not true. Um, and that's, you know, really looking at, Hey, are people that I work with happy? Are we offering services that are in line with what we say? You know, we, we focus a lot on decolonization of a lot of our practices. So, you know, we, we offer yoga and Reiki and ecotherapy. And, and a big part of the conversation that I like to have in these services is like, 
we're not here to colonize them and sell them to you. You know, we are here to talk about the true roots of these practices, where they come from. Let's educate. And if I were to hire someone who's just like, yep, I have my yoga certificate and I'm just going to, you know, bang out these classes. That's great. I can make more money. I could probably attract more people, but I'm not interested in that. I'm interested mm-hmm. in the true teachings of it. Like, am again, am I sticking to the values that I've set out to achieve? If yes, then I feel like I'm being successful. So I, I kind of, you know, have to take a step back sometimes too and be like, yeah, I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to check out this book company of one. It sounds really good. Yeah. Um, I got it from, I got it from a giveaway Nice. <laughs> and I read it really quickly, but it just also shows just how it was just, it was really great. And I actually found myself within the first few chapters of it. I was like, let me look at my shit and just make sure that I'm not getting to that space. Um, also because when you were explaining, like you get the, um, advice of hiring more employees, I thought like I would be a more legitimate or a better business if I started having employees and mm-hmm. things like that. But realistically, and this is different between everyone's business and everyone's sort of um, venture, but for me, I had to really sit with myself and think, is that actually going to be beneficial? Not just for myself, but for the business and for the people that are working with me. Because really, a lot of the work that I do can be done solo slash with people that are outsourced and it actually wouldn't be great for me to have employees if anything it would end up it would end up becoming that basal plan mm-hmm. where i'm just like i already have a hard time managing myself sometimes because i am incredibly just like want to go 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 do things and if i end up having like a bunch of employees i need to manage like i'm gonna be like oh my god like i gotta help you guys and do these things and really, I'm just not in the space or even, I guess, in the industry that really requires that. But I think we have these images of what success is. And a lot of the times it's like we're seeing ourselves as this one singular person and our idea of success is just us as a big CEO of like a mm-hmm. massive company with a bunch of people under us. But that's that's not necessarily what it is, it is. honestly. Yeah. And that's what's validated in our society, right? Like that's what, you know, that's the message that I feel like I, not not by my parents, luckily, but like, you know, society-wise like you'd look at you know a a female who becomes a ceo of a company and like that's like oh my gosh like does that have to be me like do i have to do that or someone who again like went viral or something and you look at those messages and you're like so in order to be successful i have to follow that same path but in reality like it doesn't have to be that way Mm -hmm. and i think it's like again unlearning that and challenging it and also being compassionately accepting about where you're at Again, if you feel like you're happy and you're living in line with those values and beliefs. Yeah, absolutely. And also, too, like, I don't think people need goals that are so focused on, like, like numbers. I, mm-hmm. Like, for example, um, and we were talking about people that, like, go viral. I think a lot of people, especially when they dive into the social media content marketing side of business, especially when we're coming from, like, a creative field and you're kind of just jumping into it, um, you're wanting to just make like everyone always wants to make a, a video go viral. I was briefly like working with somebody with their social media and that was what their number one goal was. And I was like, one, that's very unpredictable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two, that doesn't necessarily mean that like you are going to have the success that you want. And success in this case was like they wanted to become like a full time person within their field. But I know so many people who are full time creative entrepreneurs and doing great at their job and they have maybe like 1,000 followers on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, they are, in a sense, at the end of the day, they're numbers. And not everybody that has, like, massive... I mean, 
congrats to the people who have amazing huge platforms and stuff but that doesn't necessarily tell you exactly what is going on behind the scenes because again a lot of the overnight success that we do see and the exams that we do see we're only seeing the highlight reel of it all Mm -hmm. and we don't really know what's happening behind the scenes until we hear somebody hop on to some sort of news like segment or like a podcast and they were like yeah yo when that happened to me and i had like overnight success it was freaking stressful Mm -hmm. and like i had so many things just like my life was like uprooted and i wasn't ready about the huge amount of like money that was coming in same thing happens to lottery winners i mean i was gonna say yeah Yeah. i think if someone who wins a lottery like yeah like you have no idea what to do with it and it's if we don't have those skills already built out and that's why that slow process allows for us to you know have these sort of skills or cope um, you know coping ahead for okay like if i'm you know bringing on a new employee and you know i'm thinking like well i already you know did that once now i learned from it so let me like apply that model again versus applying you know and some businesses do need people faster right so but in in some business models it's like okay if i've learned from something how can i apply that same thing i'm a slow learner i'm a slow grower um and so like honoring that for me and knowing that that's how i am and that's just what works for me again that was like a big change for me because i felt like for a couple years before that i was just like oh i gotta do this i gotta i gotta be this way um i was working with a social media company previously and they're awesome and they're great and i realized like after a year i was like this is this is really helpful i learned a lot but my goal is not to be viral. My goal is not to, you know, um, get uh, this many likes. It, like, these were not things that I was interested in anymore. I was like, my goal is to, you know, have fun in this space and educate with people and connect with people and, and show up as me. So, you know, once I started making those changes, I felt like, all right, yeah, I'm, measure- I'm now measuring success in a way that feels better for me. Absolutely. Well, I can definitely talk about this topic for forever <laughs> as I can do with many of the guests that we have because i feel like everyone again i forgot what episode number this is this is mainly because i don't have my phone beside me and i usually have my notes with me but whatever episode this is we've had so many like amazing people and now you're included in that roster as well um i want to just wrap up with maybe giving us just your overall advice for somebody that understands that they have this mindset of wanting to have overnight success but, you know, they're feeling like in a weird space. They feel like they want that, but they also have like a feeling in their hearts that it just like doesn't feel right for them. Like, what would you say to that person? I'd say take take a moment or, you know, take a couple hours out of your day. And I know this is not always accessible to to every person. I was with a dear friend um, just recently, and she recommended that I do this for myself. And it was helpful for me to, you know, hear her say this to me. But take a break from what you're doing, whether that's like in the moment or planning a break for yourself and get away. Um, I would love to be like, you know, hop on a plane and go somewhere, but that could be like getting to the lake or, you know, going for a walk. That's like my favorite way to take this break. And honestly, you know, listen to your thoughts for a moment and see like, what is coming up for you? Whose voice is really playing in your head? Um, Is it something that you read? Is it so is it a parent? Is it a caregiver? Is it like someone who expected something of you previously? Like figure out whose voice is inside of you. Um, Who is it mimicking? You know, I I, I oftentimes see this exercise with clients of figuring out who is your inner critic and where is it coming from? Once you figure that out, really asking yourself is is listening to that tone or who who that is 
is it compassionate and does it really make you feel like you are going to be successful if you listen to it? Going back to our car example, you know, what you're feeling, if you're fueling yourself with that inner critic, is it going to get you to where you want to be? And if not, either A, seek help, because sometimes it's not as easy to challenge that inner critic and learn a better way to talk to yourself. But if you need support in, you know, being able to challenge it, find a therapist who can help you. If not, start writing about about that voice, what it's telling you, and try to figure out how to challenge it in a way that feels more compassionate. And once you figure out that internal compassionate voice, can you listen to it more often? Can you write your goals or write how you're gonna measure those goals with that internal voice? And you know, start tracking and measuring that way. That's been really helpful for me. So you know, I, I think taking a break from things though to do it is really helpful. Like, don't stop for your you know 15 co- minute coffee break to do this exercise. Honestly, give yourself a couple hours, um, plan a few days maybe around this, uh, and and really get in touch with that part and see it, what it communicates to you. Awesome. And how can people stay connected with you even after this episode? Yeah, for sure. So we are on Instagram. Maybe we'll go viral and you guys will find us that way. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's Collab in Therapy. So it's C-O-L-L-A-B in therapy. And that's also our website, collabintherapy.com. Uh, we offer in-person services in Charlotte, but we're also virtual. And we've got a team of different people doing different things. So uh, we're always open to collaborating. It's literally in our name. Um, and yeah, we're just here to have fun on this process Mm -hmm. and we're actually recording in your office as well and it's been this couch has been very comfy so (laughs) thank god for this (laughs) but thank you so so much and thank thank you you for um, sharing all of your wisdom and expertise even though disclaimer this is not individual therapy please this is not therapy yeah this is educational entertainment (laughs) versus only that's it for the episode thank you that's it for today's episode If you enjoyed it, rate this podcast five stars and check out the link in the description to view the show notes. Everything in this episode is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace finance, tax, law, mental health, and other professional services. As always, we are here to support you because we don't believe in gatekeeping and we want all of our listeners to become thriving creatives. We'll continue the conversation about mindful creative entrepreneurship in next week's episode. Until then, stay inspired, keep creating, and eat some good food. This podcast was edited by Alexis Carrasquillo from Familia Creative Media.